fun. If you read that scripture, many will have a very time. Second Peter, chapter 1. Okay, so we're going to see one here. You may have noticed in the bulletin for a few weeks we've had uh, a note there about baptism coming up. I have two that would like to be baptized, and I would encourage anyone else, doesn't matter your age, the important thing is, you know, Jesus is your Savior. If you want to be baptized, let me know, and we'll be planning that. That's a bit here. We have a baptistry behind you, so it's nice, warm water. We don't have to go out to a stream. My father-in-law said he had to cut ice one time to have a baptism. Uh, God encouraged that applicant. I'm waiting just a little bit longer. <laughs> We have it very nice here. First Peter chapter one, beginning to read at verse one. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtain thy precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied you abundantly under the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, bless the scripture read in our hearing. You have a prayer request or a concern in your heart that you can signify by outraised hand. Yes, many hands. Wonderful that we serve a God that is so mighty. He knows every single heart. And we can join our faith together as we come to Him in prayer today. Let's pray. My gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise this Lord's Day morning. And first of all, Lord, you've given us safety as we travel to church today. And Lord, we come in the precious name of Jesus. We gather to worship you, to lift our voice in praise as we've just been going through song. Lord, we just thank you for all that you are. Thank you for the many answers to prayer. Thank you for the promises that we find in your word. I pray today, Lord, that we would continue to put our name in those promises and believe them and hold them. For Lord, you've given them to us to encourage us in life's journey. Bless each one here today with divine presence. Lord, just speak into our hearts, we pray today. Challenge us together. 
we would draw closer to you to be more like Jesus, to be your light and your soul in this uh, day in which you permitted us to live, that we can lift our voice and praise to you. Lord, you know our lives, you know uh, the week we've had, you know every heart here today. Some have had a good week, perhaps some have not. Some have faced uh, challenges, and others have seen victories. Lord, we're just trusting you that as we pray and believe, you're going to get breakthroughs. You're going to give answers to prayer. Every hand that was raised, Lord, you know the need that that hand represents. You know the concerns and burdens we carry for family, friends, neighbors. Lord, we're just praying that you, the Holy Spirit, would continue to deal in the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, as we pray, Lord, that many, many more would come to salvation, putting their heart and their trust in you. As we were just reading this week, Lord, in many Muslim countries where uh, to change their faith to Christianity could easily mean their life. Lord, you are giving dreams and visions to people that are, are coming to Jesus in a tremendous way. Oh, Lord, I pray you continue. Pour out your love, your mercy around our world. Be with Christians today that are persecuted, many extremely, even to the point of death. Lord, help us here in America to, to be praying for our brothers and sisters and also to be praying for our nation that seems to be in such turmoil. Be with our president today and national leaders, those in government. Lord, may they realize there's a God in heaven that they need to answer to. Give them wisdom and understanding in all that is done. And Lord, just guide our nation. Continue to help us to, to be a country that we can reach out and help others that are in need. So guide us this day. We pray for our missionaries today, home and abroad, those that are out serving you. And Lord, we're just trusting you to answer prayer. Have your way now in this service, and we just thank you for your presence felt. In Jesus' precious name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Maybe you're not aware, but when we pray, we're praying because of God's promises. Because without his promises, there would be no foundation to pray. We see in the scriptures, we're directed, we're challenged to do just that, to pray. And one of my favorite verses is found in Philippians 4, actually two verses there, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So Paul is simply telling us not to worry. Oh, we can take our concerns to the Lord, but when we worry, we're doubting God's ability to help us. Instead, he counsels us to, to come to him with our needs, but come with thanksgiving. You know, when you come with thanksgiving, then you're remembering the times that he did answer prayer. Now he moved and you're trusting him, he's going to do it again. So as we pray, he promises us that he will give to us his peace, the peace of God. will guard our thoughts and our emotions. And that God promises that he'll make prayer 
irresistible to his believers. Oh, isn't it wonderful to spend those times with the Lord in prayer, just loving him and thanking him for who he is, and then sharing your heart with him. He wants us. He knows our needs, but he wants us to ask him. He says the little child that asked her daddy or mother. And so we want to give ourselves to prayer. In verse 4 in the scripture lesson before us, Peter declares that he's given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And it's by these that we then can add to our faith virtue and knowledge. It gives us as believers the, the knowledge of what is right and wrong, how to, or to make the best choices that come before us in life. And as we add one to another, God's promises uh, are certainly up to date. And as we're coming into the new year, 2020, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul did not hesitate to declare that God's grace was so richly promised to them, and it was operating efficiently through and by prayer. How wonderful these promises are to the saints, to the church to the seeking heart of the newborn child of God. His word it just becomes so real and so rich to us. It brings hope, it brings glory to our heart. But to the prayerless Christian, there's so much despair, there's gloom, a weakening and failing of the spiritual life. All oh, the importance of that daily prayer, that communion to have with your Lord. Beloved, prayer is that spiritual energy in us that it enlarges our faith to believe God for even greater things. If we were to turn back to Genesis chapters 25 through 35, we see there recorded the story of Jacob and his brother Esau. Some of this we've been going through in our, our Sunday school class downstairs the past weeks. If you haven't read it recently, this afternoon, after the business meeting, go home to read that and see how God worked in the lives of these twins, Jacob and Esau. Now, they are just as human as any of us here today. They were brothers that lived in the same home, twins, and yet so different. It makes me think of my brother and I. I guess he would have been to Esau. He was the outdoors with the hunter. And I was more the one that helped mother around the home there. Uh, flowers and what have you seem like that was more of my interest. I hope I wasn't like Jacob, though, the deceiver. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> we know that Jacob tricked Esau out of his blessing. And certainly causing Esau to hate him. The point where he said he was going to kill him. That's why Jacob fled for his life. But God was working in Jacob's heart, took him to the bottom, right where he wanted him. And then he began to lead him into the promised land. Jacob heard God speak, had that vision there of the ladder coming down out of heaven, and was told that he was in time after 14 years, had two wives, he's now head back to his homeland, and that God said, I will be with you. Go back to your family. Well, who was his family? Esau. At that point, his parents were gone. His brother Esau was the family that he was to back to. And yet God's promise, I will do it. So he knew that he would have God's protection. 
Well, it wasn't long until Esau would meet with Jacob. And you know the story. Jacob still had a lot of fear. His trouble. Uh, just didn't know what was going to happen. He sent out his servants ahead to uh, try to give gifts to maybe reconcile his brother. And then they came back and said, oh yes, your brother's coming with 400 iron men. Oh my, that made a piece of mind in and again, Jacob cries out to God, reminding him of his promise that he had said, your, de your descendants are going to cover the earth, the sand, and the sea, an unnumbered multitude. So he's sending out these groups of gifts to him, preparing for the worst, separates himself from his family. Because he remembers Esau, the temper, <coughs> the temper, the anger that he had. He realizes uh, how helpless he is. And so he goes to God in intercession prayer. Now, intercession prayer is not easy. It's a lot of work. It's a struggle. You know that he struggled all night long with, we're not quite sure, an angel, perhaps uh, wanting the blessing, and at daybreak, he gained the victory, although he was smitten in his, his hip here. He had a limp for the rest of his life, which I think reminded him daily of his need of God and of that encounter that he had. So not only is Jacob's name changed now to Israel, he now had a new, a new attitude, a new behavior, a new demeanor. He knew that God was with him and so he goes out to meet his brother. Bows down before his brother in submission and was quickly forgiven as they hugged and wept together. It's been 20 years since he saw his brother. But now both Jacob and Esau had God's grace and forgiveness. Because not only was Jacob changed, so was Esau. His demeanor and attitude was so different. Once swearing to Jacob's destruction, now intimately loving his brother, uh, had an affection for him. So God certainly had answered Jacob's prayers, right? And moving in, in such ways that, you know, God's always ahead of us. We, we see the problem, but don't, don't forget that God's up there too. He's working out a plan. So how wonderful that love was now displaced. It had displaced the fear and the hatred. God was true to his promise to bless Jacob's family. Until today, there's millions of Jews the world over. So prayer still produces results when we fall upon the mercies of God, seeking Him in total surrender and dependence, knowing that we cannot do it on ourselves. We need God. Someone penned these words, Thy promise, Lord, is ever sure, and they that in thy house would dwell that happy station to secure must still in holiness excel. We do need God's holiness in our lives, in our midst. Without our prayers, we're feeble and we're lacking. So let's get serious with God. How about it? He will get serious with us. Someone also made this statement. Marvelous purposes need marvelous praying to bring them about. Paul tells us there in Ephesians 6, verse 18, and I'm reading out of the NIV, 
and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all saints. In other words, the Lord's people. The Lord's people. And so when God's exceedingly great, precious prophecies all through the scriptures, they're there for us. Are we grabbing hold of them? Are we believing them? Oh, I trust so. Taking them personally into your own life. We should be praying one for another. And maybe if we're not, that's why we're weak and struggling so much. Oh, how the American church is in need of revival. Amen. We need to see God move across our land once again and impact uh, our society and the world. Could it be that we have not because we ask them? Oh, I trust you to join with me and pray for the Bible. God have his way. Prayer must be based on purposes and also the promises of God. In other words, it's a real uh, submission to God's will. Lord, what do you want for us? And I don't want to be one to stand in a way to hinder what God wants to do. There's where we need to submit ourselves to him and say, oh God, come and move. If we're allowing known sin in our lives, prayer certainly is going to be hindered. It's going to be weakened. We need to confess sin and be cleansed from it as we read there in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So nothing is sure than praying the scripture. Uh, I like to do that. You get the scripture and just put it right in your prayers. God hears. When we pray, there's that sure foundation of truth. Because none of us come before God on our own merits. It's nothing that I have done or you can do. We, we thank God for what he's done in our lives, but it's not the goodness of our own merits. I'm reminded of the story there in Luke 18, of 9 through 14. It's the story of the Pharisee and the publican. And you know, the publican was a tax collector, and they really weren't uh, looked upon with much favor. I don't know if they still are or not. But anyways, this Pharisee, he was the religious one. He followed the law to the T. He did all these wonderful things. Surely the Lord's proud of me. Sounds like that when he was praying, almost like he was obsessed by his own virtue. Jesus contrasts him then to the tax collector who humbly seeks God's mercy and forgiveness. Doesn't that teach us how important it is our attitude as we come to prayer? The Pharisee, he listed all his good deeds, his virtues, proud heart. Declared how glad he was that he wasn't like this lowly tax collector here beside him. Well, I'm sure that publican heard the Pharisee's prayer. I'm glad it did him. He knew the sinner, the scoundrel that he was, and he was coming before God and confessing that and seeking forgiveness and cleansing. You know, he left that place of prayer forgiven. Praise the Lord. A changed man, free of the guilt of his past. 
Pharisee, he left still with his heart filled with pride, all his self-accomplishments, the lost he felt apparently that he could earn his righteousness by acts of doing good, holding strictly to man-made laws of his religion. <clears throat> I would say the world over there's a lot of religions still operating like that. But we know and we're thankful today that salvation is not earned, it cannot be blocked. It's for whosoever will come to the Lord. It's not with money, it's not with deeds. It's paid with the shed blood of Jesus, there on Calvary. And so it's both for the rich and the poor. No one is excluded. Nothing in our hands we bring, simply to thy cross we come. Let's see God in confession and repentance. Yes, sin was paid with a high price. The very life God's precious only Son, Jesus. And it's paid in full, praise the Lord. I love that hymn, there's power in the blood. It's the power of his shed blood that gives us freedom from the burden of sin, from our passion and our pride to win victory over evil. Praise God for salvation that's sure and free. Amen. Giving glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All they call upon him. He doesn't turn one away. One has said, prayer is like going into God's great fruit orchard of exceedingly great and precious promises. And there with an outstretched hand in prayer, you pick the ripest and the richest fruit as you pray. It's like we, we reach out by faith and he fills our hands with the fruit in prayer. Already in 2020, a lot of things have been happening. On the brink of war with Iran, that's still not a settled issue. They're still shooting rockets back and forth. Israel, the same thing, they're shooting rockets in. How we need to be in prayer for our president and national leaders, for wisdom and many difficult decisions that are theirs. I wouldn't take places with President Trump, no. So we need to pray for him and those that are around him. We know the Bible says that in the last days there's going to be rumors of wars and uh, we're starting to seeing that, hearing that in many places the world over. And so like Jacob of old, we need to move out, trusting God, knowing that he is with us no matter what lies ahead. Our faith, our trust is in him and in him alone. Praise God. Please stand now as the worship team comes.